On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rev Hang. I'm your host, Nathan Nevue, and alongside me today is my fellow motorsports enthusiast and co-host, Ben Bagley. How are you doing today, Ben? It's 8 o'clock. I've got my third cup of coffee for the day, and uh, after this, I'm going to set up some Christmas lights around the house. Perfect. You get that caffeine in you to give you the extra, extra kick for the end of the day. I'm going to be up till midnight setting up lights. My neighbors are going to hate me. Well... <laughs> Well, well, if you're setting up inside, why are you in it? Well, okay, never mind. You're in an apartment. I forgot. <laughs> no, I'm in a house. I'm are setting you? them up outside. Oh, oh, outside. Oh, you're going to be out in the cold? I go hard. Yeah, I'm respect. from Klamath Falls. This is nothing. That's that's fair. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I have kind of adjusted to the Willamette Valley weather <laughs> since living in in, uh, in Montana, and uh, I miss having that cold resistance. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the podcast today. All we have today is F1. That's all there was left this season uh, was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So we'll dive right into that. Starting with qualifying, we'll go through the top 10 to give some context. On pole position for the final race of the season was Max Verstappen, shocker, shocker. Second and third was Perez and Leclerc. Fourth and fifth was Sainz and Hamilton. Sixth through ten was Russell, Norris, Ocon, Vettel, and Alonso. Yeah, really quickly, I didn't realize this was the first Red Bull 1-2 of the season. Uh, for qualifying? Yeah, for qualifying, sorry. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't I didn't know either. I, I know no, the, I heard something about that, but I thought out. they were talking about the race. There wasn't a Red Bull 1-2 this season. Yeah, uh, for the qualifying uh, front row lockout. Gotcha. They haven't had one this season. Yeah, I mean, I uh, guess that I guess. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I thought for sure they had one along the way, but I guess that was just for Stappen being so dominant and just kind of overshadowed the fact that Perez has a. Uh, well, usually he doesn't qualify super well, but that was none the more evident than this year. Right. Yeah, Perez has always been a guy that's not qualified super well, but then does really well in the races. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much everything Red Bull wants out of a second driver. <laughs> yeah, although we'll see how long they're satisfied with that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch Red Bull next year. That team might have some tension in it, uh, but um, Dan Ricardo has moved to that team now, which we'll get into later this episode. Uh, that might... I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Red Red Bull love triangle. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, But anyway, uh, so let's go into the race. Uh, On the start, Verstappen was able to retain his lead from Perez. He didn't get a great start, and Perez did challenge him into the first corner, but uh, Verstappen broke a little later, or braked a little later. I never say that word right. (laughs) And um, got through the corner in first. Uh, Later on that lap, Carlos Sainz drove down the inside of Lewis Hamilton into the second hairpin of the lap, squeezing him off the track and causing damage to the floor of his car. Hamilton was able to stay ahead very briefly, but was told to give the position back as he didn't make the corner. Now, comparing this to last season, where... Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) You knew this was coming. (laughs) Compared to last season... Uh, Verstappen did the exact same thing that Carlos Sainz did. And it turned out pretty much the exact same way, but the FIA made 
a different decision and how to handle the situation. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think they. Do you like how they handled this better? I would say they did handle it better. Yeah. I mean, granted, they couldn't have handled it much worse than last time. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they told Hamilton to uh, give back the position because he didn't make the corner, uh, and Signs did very much make the corner. So um, yeah, I think the rules were enforced to how they should have been there. <laughs> um, yep. But let's not go into last year. That's just uh, bad memories for literally everybody. Uh, yeah, and uh, just a refresher. So if the team manages to go off track and gain a position, uh, they're not immediately penalized. The They're given a chance to give the position back of their own volition uh, within you know a certain time period that the FIA has. And if they don't, then they get penalized. Uh, but otherwise, it's kind of a way to kind of reduce any felt impacts of something that might not have made a huge difference otherwise. Right. Thanks for clarifying, Ben. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, moving on, on lap five, Hamilton was able to pass Sainz for P4, but then three laps later, Sainz was able to come back and pass Hamilton again. Uh, Lewis seemed to have some problems with the car for most of the race and ended up not finishing, which we'll get into in a couple minutes here. Uh, on lap nine, George Russell passed Hamilton for P5, uh, but then later on he had a slow pit stop and was given a five-second time penalty for an unsafe release. Uh, pretty much 100% Mercedes' fault there, but um, of course you can't really penalize the team on track. Yeah. Uh, so on lap 23, Fernando Alonso made a double overtake on Valtteri Bottas and Yuki Tsunoda. It was a pretty clean move. Gave that the uh, overtake of the week because there weren't that many great candidates. <laughs> um, five laps later, he was uh, Alonso was forced to retire the car, unfortunately for him. That's kind of just uh, the perfect way to sign off and sum summarize his season. Thank you, Alpine. <laughs> Very cool. Yep. Awesome stuff from Alpine there. I bet Gasly can't wait to jump in that car, which, actually, there's no sarcasm there. He can't wait to jump in that car. <laughs> From AlphaTauri? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, moments like this make it really hard to be an Alpine fan. Yeah. On lap 39, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi made contact into turn five, I believe it is, sending them into a synchronized spin. <laughs> it was actually very synchronized. It was, it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it was entirely Schumacher's fault, and he received a, I believe, a five-second penalty for causing a collision. Both drivers were able to continue, but Latifi did uh, retire later on in the race. Uh, so, getting to Red Bull's race, Perez chose a, st a two-stop strategy while Leclerc was on a one-stop. Uh, that was partially due to a kind of dummy move into the pits from Ferrari and ended up working pretty well for him. Um, yeah, this is the the one exciting strategy decision of the entire race. I that's feel. the only, pretty much the only thing that made the race interesting <laughs> at the end. Um, was, oh man, yeah, Will the two stop or the one stop work better, and that was it. Yep. And throughout the second half of the race, uh, we just watched Perez pass several front riders and close the gap slowly but surely down to one second by the end of the race. He uh, might have had some chances to catch up to Leclerc a little quicker. He got stuck behind Hamilton for a little bit. Um, but overall, I think the two strategies were pretty close in terms of their effectiveness. Um, 
and uh, it ended up being pretty exciting on the last couple laps. On lap 55, Hamilton had a hydraulic failure that locked his gearbox and <laughs> made made a made him stuck in I think seventh gear. Yeah, seventh gear. Not a gear you want to be stuck in. Uh, that forced him to retire from the race. Obviously, you can't drive around the track at that slow speed. But uh, my acceleration is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the tires, it's the acceleration. Um, but yeah, so the race ended, um, and fastest lap went to Lando Norris. Interesting uh, deviation there. And the driver of the day went to Sebastian Vettel. Obviously. Yep. <laughs> So, results of the race, the podium was Verstappen, Leclerc, and Perez. Fourth and fifth were Sainz and Russell. Sixth through ten was Norris, Acon, Stroll, Ricardo, and Vettel. Eleven through fifteen was Sunoda, Joe, Albon, Gasly, and Bottas. Sixteen and seventeen rounding off the finishers were Schumacher and Magnussen and the two Haas cars. And then we had three DNFs this race, and they were Lewis Hamilton, Nicholas Latifi, and Fernando Alonso. Uh, okay, one thing debriefing yeah one thing i uh one thing i find a little funny about the finishing order is lewis hamilton retired before nicholas latifi but still finished ahead of him in the race because he was latifi was a lap down <laughs> so that's awesome yeah, I found, forever I got, relegated to the last place <laughs> i got a little chuckle out of that um so yeah just going over the kind of the talking points we've got from this race um and just an overall one, Verstappen absolutely dominated this season, and uh, this this race was kind of a, a good summary of how how most of the season has gone. He just kind of ran away yeah. with it, didn't have yeah, to give seem- much effort. A seemingly untouchable 15 races won in one season. 15, yeah. He didn't quite get that 16 to break Schumacher's percentage, like win percentage record. Uh, but he did beat Vettel's uh, at 13 wins, so he's right up there with with the two record holders or previous record holders. Um, yeah, just absolute dominance from Verstappen this season, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't think yeah. we'll see anything like that. Well, hopefully, we'll not see anything like that for another while. Yeah, I'd like to see the competition level last season, but maybe with a bit more of the maturity that we saw this season. I'd say so. Yeah, if we could see a... Well, I don't know, man. I'm excited for next season. I think it's going to be Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, and maybe one of the Ferraris sprinkled in there. Yeah. Um, It's going to be fun to watch, for sure. Yeah, I'm so excited. They're going to have to bring in, like, in IndyCar, they have the hate cauldron. Of all the, the drama and stuff That's that they right. bring out. Yeah. And I would love to see Hate Cauldron for F1. That would be amazing. I see forgot Crofty about the walk out of the Yeah, see Crofty walk out of the booth with a just a big old cauldron of rumors and drama and <laughs> Oh, that'd be so that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know if it would help the situation on Twitter, but <laughs> uh Twitter might solve that itself. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen with that company in the next several months twitter uh, is a hate cauldron yeah it, it really is that's that's what the f1 hate cauldron is it's just, <laughs> hashtag, just hashtag formula one on twitter you'll see it <laughs> it's not it's pretty hard to miss um yeah 
But at the end of the race, we did get to see Verstappen, Leclerc, and Perez, the podium sitters, and then also uh, Sebastian Vettel, Mick Schumacher, and Danny Ricciardo do donuts. It was a pretty pretty nice sight to see, especially Vettel's kind of uh, emotional for a lot of people I know. Yeah. Um, as it was, Schumacher got told off for doing his, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he was doing donuts at the end, and he drove off the track and uh, was out of the way, not causing any problems, but did donuts. And then all of a sudden, as he's thanking his team for giving him an opportunity and all of this wonderful stuff he's saying, he basically said, "Stop doing donuts. We can't do that. Like, you just can't do that." And he's like, "Okay, I love you too." <laughs> Literally, word for word, is what he said. <laughs> yeah, although I, I feel like he was saying the name of his engineer. I think the name of his engineer actually rhymes with you too. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So I, that might have been a, a closed captioning thing. I think I saw something about that. And huh. I didn't, I heard it a little differently than what caption said. Uh, you know, I have the $550 audio system to listen to these things through. So. Okay. Weird flex. I guess you could say I'm just, <laughs> I'm just hearing more than you are. All right, sorry, I'm not an audiophile like you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of sad to see him getting told off for doing donuts mm-hmm. in his last race when it's like it shouldn't even matter because what, are they going to reuse that gearbox at the beginning of next season? Like, what? <laughs> That's not... Yeah. I don't know. It just felt... I think they were afraid they were going to get fined, but that's not how it works. Um. You're literally allowed yeah. to do the donuts as long as you drive off the track into a safe spot. Um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, my last my last day of college. Me and a couple of buddies just you know you do miscreant things on campus that you couldn't do before because well you have your degree. What are they going to do? <laughs> Expel you? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you know you you take shots in the school bathroom and you you do donuts in the parking lot and you know. It's yeah, fine. and it's like F1's not going to intentionally do something that's going to harm the draw of the sport. And yeah. people doing donuts at the end of the season, as long as they're doing it safely, there's there's no reason to punish that because that literally is just going to make people mad. That's Let all everybody do, do donuts. Just yeah. a track full of F1 cars going in circles. That would be so cool. <laughs> I do feel bad that Nicholas Latifi had to retire from the race because he was unable to do donuts. Um. But you know, it is how it is. How it is. Um, Similar to last season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this Mercedes. is just like last season. <laughs> yeah. Another DNF for Latifi in Abu Dhabi. Um, Mercedes seemed to lack a bit of pace this race. Uh, I know Hamilton was probably because his car was damaged, but even George Russell had trouble keeping up with the Ferraris. Um, yeah, and I noticed they were running an aero package that was definitely more made for high speed, so I wonder if they're... I wasn't really able to pinpoint uh, whether they were really losing time through the corners that much compared to what they normally do. I think it was in the corners because I seem to recall them being pretty quick on the straights. Like, uh, I know the Ferraris had a lot of trouble passing on the long back straights. Um, yeah, yeah, because Mercedes is running a pretty small rear wing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I think Mercedes is gonna solve quite a few problems this off season, and I wouldn't be surprised if they had a pretty pretty good season next year. Uh, I yeah. know they 
the Total Wolf said he wants to put this year's car in the lobby of the Mercedes headquarters to remind everybody of struggle, <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's the most German thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I know Mercedes, you really hated W13, but I would be okay taking it off your hands uh, yeah. for a discount, obviously, right. since, you know, it's such a poor performing car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't afford to lose money on this. You're going to flip it. <laughs> uh, make some of my own modifications make it a little faster you know fix all the problems they had with it yeah i'm sure you could do that in your garage <laughs> yep hey i've got a four years four year bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering there's nothing i can't do you're right you're right that's the mindset we need ben um <laughs> on the other on the other <laughs> side of the coin red bull uh had a very fast car this weekend uh, they took a risk on their strategy, and it didn't really pay off. Um, but you know, you can't can't really fault them too much. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and it wasn't an absurd strategy. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, not to bring up old wounds, but man, if only Sergio Perez had a chance at some point during the season to gain a few extra points during a race, that would have well, been super easy. <laughs> I there there is that. However, uh, Verstappen only took two points off of him last race. Yeah, and I know. he would have still lost. But but yeah, it is. <laughs> that's that's always gonna affect their relationship. I think that's always gonna be there from now on. Uh, between yeah. Verstappen and Perez, um, I'm glad it didn't affect anything because if it did, then that would be <laughs> even even worse. <laughs> oh, I am too. Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason I brought it up was because that. Honestly, I was glad I could be sarcastic about it and not have to actually be like, wow. Wow, Verstappen literally cost him second place in the championship. (laughs) Yeah, that would have... Danny Ricciardo would have gone second place Red Bull instantly. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Checo Perez would have been convicted of manslaughter or something. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been a Ricciardo Perez Red Bull team (laughs) next season. Um, But yeah, um, so... On the opposite side of the uh, of the coin again, I guess uh, Ferrari so did not. How many sides of this coin are there? Three. It's apparently. not actually a coin. It's a it's an abstract dimensional thing. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Ferrari did not mess up this week for once. Incredible. <laughs> they uh, they raced pretty well. Had pretty much a perfect race. I mean, Sainz was not not you know super fast but he did come uh come fourth i think um but yeah they didn't have any big mistakes like they usually do so that was kind of refreshing to see from ferrari i know some ferrari fans were a little relieved after this race um probably just because the season's over and everybody starts fresh with zero points next season that might be a lot of what that relief is ferrari fans gotta they gotta go up back and take a smoke break after this season (laughs) i just scream it scream out the side of a mountain and then Come back refreshed and yeah. ready to have their dreams dashed next year. Um, sorry, not Oof. meaning to take shots at Ferrari, but <laughs> they haven't. They just—they're not in the right place to win a championship right now. It doesn't seem. Yeah, but yeah, there I don't are know rumors. If this is the right. Oh, there's uh, rumors in Paddock News later. Okay, that's true. Uh, we'll not derail the conversation right now. Okay. I really want to, but oh, well, we can actually go there. Um, I don't have a, a rumors, a Zoomer rumors segment planned out okay we can talk about this uh yeah i was gonna ask about you what you think about the validity of uh Benotto getting binned for next season see i've 
that's that's yeah that's where i was going to um oh, okay it's it's hard to tell but what i will say is pretty much every single rumor that there has been this season has come true Hmm. so that's a good point uh i wouldn't be surprised and just i wouldn't be surprised anyway with the way ferrari's been performing the last couple of years while he's been in charge uh his attitude doesn't seem to be in the right place um yeah so i wouldn't be surprised and i don't know where these rumors are coming from and obviously they are rumors but it seems like like i said every rumor that we've seen about whether it was ricardo piastri um there there's been a few um but they've all they've all seemingly come true <laughs> this season so i i wouldn't be surprised if that uh followed suit yeah do you think i think I think that would be a good move. There's been a couple rumors that have come true that I think were would have been better if they stayed rumors. But I I think it would probably be a positive if they're able to shake up at least some of the leadership of this team. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing that's uh, the person that is being floated as a replacement is um, Fred Vasseur, who is currently the team principal of Alfa Romeo. So that would be an interesting step for him. That would be, yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense because Alfa Romeo and Ferrari already have ties. Uh, that's just an interesting choice. I mean, I guess I guess it makes sense. He's got all that F one experience, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I think they definitely need to set their sights pretty high on the next person to replace him. Because I mean, if you just grab somebody from bottom midfield team. Uh, to try to replace a team that you're expecting to be performing for first place, uh, I think they're going to have the same struggles they did this season. It's possible, but at the same time, the team principal has nothing to do with the engineering of the car, and you can't really point at the Alfa Romeo and say that it was Fred Vissera's fault that this season didn't turn out as well for them. Um, that is a fair point. When it was yeah. 100% the reliability of the car. That is fair. Um, but... Yeah, so uh, moving on through our talking points still, Fernando Alonso is pretty excited to leave Alpine. Uh, the car keeps blowing up, and so he's going to something different. He already said uh, in an interview after the postseason test, and he, he did, I think, 90-something laps in the Alfa Romeo car. He said he really likes the car, likes where it's at. It doesn't feel too much different to him than the Alpine. And he feels like the energy of the team is a lot better. So he's definitely looking forward to next season. Interesting. Yep. And then Pierre Gasly was also <laughs> is excited to join Alpine. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's just he's moving from, what, the eighth or ninth fastest car to the fourth. So that's, I mean, regardless of how the team is, he's already going to put himself in probably a better spot next season. Obviously, nothing's set in stone. Yeah, and I'm excited to see him kind of leave the the Red Bull ecosystem. Yeah, and kind of branch out. Me too. I think this will be a, a good chapter in his career. Um, obviously, his Red Bull career was not going anywhere. He was never gonna get that Red Bull seat again, and AlphaTauri is obviously never gonna beat Red Bull. <laughs> like that, pretty much can't happen. Uh, so, I think this is for his career. This is an awesome move. He's moving to a French team. He'll have a French teammate. Um, so, 
Alpine is going full France, and I, I kind of like that, that we have a team that's representing their country. I respect the confidence. Oh, speaking of representing the country, wait, should we say this till later? I see you have paddock news uh, later on. Uh, I don't know what you're going to say, so go for it. Uh, the Logan Sargent finally getting a place in F1. Yes, that is in our paddock news. <laughs> okay, but, uh, we'll talk about that in like so- 45 seconds. <laughs> we'll I'll be so patient. That. <laughs> it's all right <laughs> um just going through the championship standings really briefly nothing much changed actually we are at the end of the season so i will read through all of the the order in first place winning the championship obviously was max verstappen second was charles leclerc third was perez fourth was russell fifth was science sixth was hamilton seventh was norris eighth was Ocon. ninth was alonso tenth was Bottas. Uh, 11 through 15 were Ricardo, Vettel, Magnussen, Gasly, and Stroll. 16 through 20 was Schumacher, Tsunoda, Joe, Albon, and Latifi. And rounding off the the uh, drivers for this season is Nick DeVries in 21st place with two points tied with Nicholas Latifi. So that is the drivers championship for this season going through the constructors winning with 759 points on the season but just absolutely demolishing the record is red bull racing um they uh yeah they ran away with it this year (laughs) second is ferrari third mercedes fourth alpine fifth mclaren sixth alfa romeo tied with aston martin on points uh, so seventh is Aston Martin. They finished behind Alfa Romeo because Alfa Romeo had a um, had more finishes higher up. <laughs> I don't know the exact races or which places, but that's how the tiebreakers work. Um, eighth place was Haas. Ninth place was Alfa Tori, and tenth place was Williams. Yeah, Haas, despite failing spectacularly in the second part of the season. Managed to do well enough in the first part to make a difference. Yep, they did. They did indeed. They beat out AlphaTauri for 8th place by 2 points. Um, and that AlphaTauri, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a car this year, but I guess it was. I mean, Gasly and Tsunoda were always at the back, now that I think about it. Yeah. So, no, it, it, been a... it was slow enough that I forgot that the car existed for most of the season. Yeah, it was kind of anonymous. I feel like they were better at the beginning of the season, and then like Aston Martin and AlphaTauri oh. like switched cars or something because oh, Aston yeah, Martin got sure. better and then AlphaTauri got worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how the season ended up in the constructors' championship. Uh, notably, Leclerc finishes second over Perez. Alpine finishes fourth in the constructors over McLaren. Ferrari finished second over Mercedes in the ch- in the constructors and Alfa Romeo tied with Aston Martin, but came out on top on the tiebreaker. So now, now we can move into the paddock news, Ben. Okay. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah, let's start Logan with uh, Sargent. Logan Sargent. An American, a, a, a good old boy from the U.S. of A, is driving for Williams. Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yay. We gotta take our victories where you can get them. <laughs> yep. Who knows? Williams might have some crazy technology they develop over the off season that puts them in a winning car, but that's unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and 
uh, Colton Hurdle will drive for Red Bull next year. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, Logan Sargent was able to earn his super license in his final F2 races, earning his spot at Williams in 2023. Um, pretty good job from him. I mean, he did what he needed to. It came down yeah. to the last race, which I'm sure was extremely nerve-wracking for him. Um, but he made it happen, so congrats to him on his seat. Uh, Mick Schumacher, speaking of seats, has been dropped officially by Haas in favor of Nico Hulkenberg for 2023. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've we've grumbled about this a fair amount in the past few episodes. Yep. I don't know how much we need to go into this. We all <laughs> kind of have the same feeling, <laughs> I feel like. Which, But, you know, they made their choice. Hulkenberg yeah. will probably take a few races to get up to speed but i'm sure he'll be fine once he does he'll be entirely adequate i think we'll just see if uh him and magnuson can get along or if uh magnuson's gonna keep telling him to suck his balls mate (laughs) (laughs) um that's a reference to a little tussle they had a few years ago uh they historically don't like each other very much but uh, that's gonna be an interesting one to watch as well as the alpine dynamic a couple more names to add to the hate culture. Yep. <laughs> Hulkenberg and Magnuson. Yeah. Um, so, more team news. Danny Ricardo has officially been announced as the third Red Bull driver for 2023. I like how they're calling it the third driver and not the reserve driver. They've been doing that at other teams, too. I forgot. Have they really? Yeah. I didn't really notice that, that until that. now. Yeah, I don't remember, but it's interesting, yeah. It's interesting wording. You may it makes you think like if Perez doesn't perform or something in the first half of the season, they might try to switch him out. I doubt that, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, just this just out today in the news world, Max Verstappen opts to stick with the number one for next year. Shocker, shocker. Could you imagine if every single time Max Verstappen won, he just switched his number to a completely different arbitrary number? Yeah. Or he like he just adds one to his number, <laughs> so he like goes out with two next year. <laughs> his number of WDCs. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's trying to get back up to thirty three before he retires. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, also I forgot to put this in the uh, in the panic news, but in an interview I think yesterday or the day before, he was saying that. He wouldn't be surprised if he retired after 2028, which is which, which is when his contract with Red Bull ends. That's a really long contract. I did not realize it went that long. Yep. Um, wow. So, yeah, he's saying that after 2028, he might bow out because there's other things he wants to do, which I respect, but I'm sure Max he'll Max into to NASCAR truck. Please. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'm sure it's probably going to be WDC. Yeah, he, he does that on iRacing all the time, so I wouldn't be surprised if he opts for that. Um, but you never know. Maybe he'll do a Fernando Alonso and start going for that triple crown. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so, in other news, uh, non-racing news, Roman Grosjean, former Haas F1 driver and current Andretti F1, or uh, IndyCar driver, is working closely with the car company Praga in developing a road-going hypercar called the Bohemia. Looks pretty pretty nifty. Uh, I forgot to put a picture of it in here. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen that before. I assume it's going to be a 
1500 horsepower all-wheel drive electric hypercar. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled that up. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting cynical about hypercars, I promise. <laughs> You're not done with all the all the same the same car being built by different companies saying they're innovating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Another 4,000 pound all-wheel drive, 1,500 plus horsepower all-wheel drive electric hypercar. Don't let Richard Hammond so drive exciting. it. He'll crash it and blow it up. So <laughs> exciting. I can't wait to see the next three that crop up at LA Auto Show next year. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm not. Man, you're so angry, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, that'll be interesting to watch. See see when that comes out. Praga is um, they make drivers' cars for sure. It's what they're known for. They have their own racing series in Britain. Um, that's uh, popular iRacing, well, not iRacing, but just sim racing YouTuber Jimmy Broadbent uh, got hired into a Praga car in real life for the first time this season and won the championship. Interesting. Pretty cool yeah, stuff. No, we, we could have an entire show about how much I dislike the new Lotus SUV. Yeah. No, uh, oh, yeah, we could do a Lotus podcast one. just about that. Oof. About how displeased I am with Lotus right now. Yeah, they uh, that was not not wise from them. I don't think. <laughs> but that's a oh man, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that is, yeah, we could. We call oh, it the Ben gets angry at electric cars. I used podcast. to like Lotus so much. <laughs> we're going um, to get rid of all of our lightweight internal combustion cars, and we're going to make an electric SUV. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> Simplify and add lightness, baby. But hey, they still probably have the best suspension in the world. <laughs> it, maybe not. I don't know. Not an SUV. But anyway, Takuma Masato <laughs> in other news, in IndyCar news, moves to an oval-only schedule for the 2023 season. Uh, the two-time uh, Indy 500 winner, uh, I guess, has decided to bow out of the road courses. He didn't do too well last season. Um, yeah, that's probably for the best. But he, also, he always does really well in ovals. Like, he's... Definitely an oval specialist. Very good. Yeah, it's kind of cool in IndyCar that you can selectively do one or the other and try to play to your strengths. Yeah, it is pretty neat. Um, when you're not really fighting for the championship, um, yeah, that is pretty cool that you can choose to do that. When I mean, obviously, well, not obviously, but it seems like his goal is pretty much just just to win 500s, which I respect. I mean, that's one of the biggest races in the world. So... We'll see how he does next season. I'm sure we'll have plenty of oval-only people and plenty of road course-only people. Yeah. So Let's make it that much more fun to try to keep track of the names for each race. Of course. <laughs> um, overtake of the week this week I gave to Fernando Alonso on Batas and Sonoda at Abu Dhabi. We went over that a little bit earlier. Um, Pit Stop Championship... The winner this time around was Lewis Hamilton in Mercedes. I think that's the, that's think that's the first first uh, win for Mercedes, I believe, this season in um, the pit stops. Uh, yeah. Perez came second, so you know it wasn't like they <laughs> had an off day. It was still Red Bull at the top. And then Lando Norris was third in McLaren. Um, after that was Sainz, Tsunoda, Akon, Alonso, Albon, Stroll, and Gasly rounding off the points. Yeah, so aside from Hamilton, pretty consistent on the uh, speed of the pit stops for the most part. Yep. Um, yeah, Verstappen had a pretty bad week, but <laughs> sorry, like he still won the race. Much. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so drivers pit stop championship standing since it's the end of the season we'll go over that in first place was Sergio Perez followed by not even closely by Max Verstappen I do find that interesting how Perez won the championship over Verstappen by 130 points in the same team <laughs> I almost feel like they use Perez to experiment with different strategies at more often than Verstappen. That's true. Uh, so and Verstappen's I think always... he might have just pitted more often, had more opportunities to get faster pits. That is possible. And maybe Verstappen, since he was always so far out in front every race, they just didn't have that pressure yeah. to get him out quickly. They just wanted it to be smooth rather than going for something fast. And then it ends up being a 10 second stop when they weld a wheel nut onto a something. It's been known to happen. <laughs> But Thank you, Monica. Uh, we will never forget you. Yeah. <laughs> um, third place in the championship was Sonoda, and fourth was Gasly. So Red Bull and their sister team, AlphaTauri, very much at the top. As uh, it should be. Yep. <laughs> Fifth place was Norris and McLaren. Sixth was Vettel and Aston Martin. Seventh was Leclerc and Ferrari. Eighth was Sainz and Ferrari. They, just, they definitely dropped off at the end of the season because they were right up there at the beginning. Ferrari had some pretty yeah. good pit stops. Um, ninth place was Lewis Hamilton, 10th was Alonso, 11th was Stroll, 12th Ricardo, 13th Russell, 14th Latifi, 15th Ocon, 16th Albon, 17th Joe, 18th Bottas, 19th Schumacher, 20th, or no, 19th Magnussen, 20th Schumacher, and 21st was Nico Hulkenberg. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize Hulkenberg got points, but he did. I guess twenty second. Yeah, when did that would be, happen? I don't know, but twenty second, I guess, would be uh, Devries, but he didn't score any points, so <laughs> I didn't oh, well. have him on this list. But anyway, yeah. we'll see him next time. So constructors, Red Bull ran away with the championship with five hundred eighty points. AlphaTauri came in second with three hundred forty four. <laughs> wow. Um, Ferrari was third, Aston Martin fourth, McLaren fifth, Mercedes sixth, Alpine seventh, Williams eighth, Alfa Romeo ninth, and tenth was Haas. Okay, so our final predictions uh, review for a race, I guess, this season with the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, I think I went first last week, so I'll let you go first, Ben. Okay. Well, I got two right this season. Uh, just a refresher, this race, we had Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Sainz, and Russell for the top five. My top five that I chose were Verstappen, correct, Russell, incorrect, Perez, correct, uh, followed by Leclerc and Hamilton, and then I had Vettel as my dark horse because that would have been really cool. That did not happen. He did get points, though. He did, yes. He had a good race. And uh, Aston Martin kind of screwed him over on strategy, and he still had a good race. <laughs> yep. Luckily, Hamilton had a hydraulic fever and gave him the uh, the little boost up in the leaderboard they needed. Yeah, if he could have passed, uh, who was it in front of him? Um, Dana Ricardo on the last lap, which he almost did. If he passed Dana Ricardo, then uh, Aston Martin would have gone up to. Where were they in the championship? They would have gone up to sixth, and I think that would have earned them an extra $12.5 million or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which I'm sure is just a pocket change for Lawrence Stroll, but... Um, <laughs> you know. 
so my my guesses for this week were Hamilton in first, which did not happen. Russell second, Leclerc third, Sainz fourth, which I did get correct, and Perez fifth. My dark horse was Valtteri Bottas because he had been doing pretty well in the races pre previously, uh, but he did not do well in this race. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fastest lap, what did you go with? I went with Russell. And I went with Leclerc, but it went to Lando Norris this week. Driver Who could of the have day seen that coming? S- What's that? Who really could have seen that coming? Yeah. <laughs> um, driver of the day went to Sebastian Vettel. Uh, I actually got it right. I said Sebastian yep. Vettel last I, week. Yeah, I, I tried covering off my bets just in case it was Ricardo. Uh, it was not. Yeah. It was a good good, good attempt, though. I uh, If I didn't say Vettel last week, I would have said Ricardo. So I think we... Like we like we mentioned last week, we kind of guessed for different people for the same reason. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's the last prediction of the season until we go over our full season predictions in our season review episode in a couple weeks. Uh, we don't have a race to talk about coming up, so we're not going to give any predictions there. We'll wait until the preseason podcast next season to do that. Um, so for these penultimate time this season ben do you have any words of wisdom for our lovely audience yes i do remember the reason for the season and just you know hang out with your friends and family it's not about you know who can give the biggest gift or who can bring the most food to thanksgiving dinner uh just you know surround yourself with people who want to be around you and that's the gift well put, Ben. Yeah, guys, use this this holiday season to wind down and relax. That's what it's there for. We're all around family, hopefully, or at least people that we love and that love us. Um, so use it to reset your brain, get some food in you, and uh, get ready for next year and everything that it may bring. Yes, with sir. That, with all that being said, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on because it really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RevHangMedia. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag RevHangPodcast and we may feature your question on the next show. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and or myself at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website, RevHang.com, where you can find the final standings for the racing series we talk about. We'll return in a couple weeks to review the 2022 season in motorsports, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Have a good holiday.